Hi, I'm Yolanda and this is Speak On. As part of our Gender and Society series, today we'll be discussing something incredibly important. Something that I really feel like I need to learn from, that half of the population of the world could learn from, how to be a woman. Something that is commonly discussed, debated and advised via magazines, TV, film, and in some cases, really weird men. I'm joined by comedian, actor and host of podcast Divorce Club, Samantha Baines. Welcome, Samantha. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm good. Thanks. I'm sitting with a cup of coffee and my little puppy by my feet and she's chewing a bit of wood, standard. Oh, and what's your puppy's name? Custard. That's <laughs> such a great name for a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought of the name before I actually got the puppy because I always used to say when I'm tired, I say I'm tiredy custard. I don't know why. It's just the <laughs> thing that I've come up with. Yeah. And then I was like, I really want a dog called Custard. <laughs> that made it happen. I love it. I love it. Just I'd say I'd say manifested it, but also just made a choice. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And paid some money for a dog. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so our subject today of this, like how to be a woman, we're bombarded with all these messages and everything all the time. What can you tell us? Like, can you tell us how to be a woman, Samantha? I think just copy exactly what I'm doing because I'm clearly winning at life and that's that's how you do it. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, I think how to be a woman is just like whatever you want it to be. You know, you don't have to... I've got divorced and obviously I have a podcast called The Divorce Club. But when I was married, I think I thought, you know, oh, a woman in a marriage has to be a particular way. And and obviously I, I think I was taught that by society and films and stuff. And then I put that on myself. And then I was trying to be this like perfect wife and it didn't work. And that's not the reason the marriage failed. But maybe it's one of the reasons. And I've come to realise that, yeah, how to be a woman is just whatever you want. Like, I'm divorced now. I'm deaf. Uh, I wear a hearing aid. I um, have a puppy. I don't know if I want children. I'm bisexual. So I'm like, discovered all these things as my life has gone on. And I've become like, not what I expected. <laughs> if you know what I mean? Like, no, it wasn't my plan to get divorced and lose my hearing and want it. But, you know, I'm still I'm still doing it. And actually, I'm happier than ever at the moment. So how to be a woman is how can you be happy in who you are and your own skin? And whatever the answer to that is, is how to be a woman. Yeah, I love that. And so what do you think? What are the things that society tells us about how to be a woman? Because you kind of touched on a few things there, especially as like, I mean, I'm about to be 40. So there's a lot of shit about how to be a woman that I know I don't fall in line with at all at this point. But what do you what things are we told? I think, well, when you're when you're in school, you've seen all those um, programs with like the popular girls in school and those films and those tv shows so I think when you're in school you think that you have to be popular and to be popular it means that you have to have the latest clothes and you have to your figure has to look a certain way and you have to you know be smiling all the time and not too clever because boys don't like that you know whether you're gonna fancy boys uh, or, or go out with boys or not that but that's what we're taught mm -hmm. um, um, and, and I think that can the piling on continues, doesn't it? It's, um, you know, you you go out and you get a job 
and then you get married and, and you have a house and then you have two children and then you're a wonderful mother who also works and you're doing everything and you clean the house and you look amazing all the time and you work out um, and you don't eat shit um, and you've got this amazing friendship group like Sex in the City and you're all really close and you meet up every week for amazing dinners and cocktails um, and your children just fly into beautiful humans without you even trying. And so there's all this stuff that we're like taught and you're like, oh, OK, that's that's what's going to happen in my life. And then from I think from like straight away, as soon as you start acknowledging other people and your role in society, which apparently is only like age seven or something. Wow. Yeah, you already, because I write children's books, so I'm really interested in, like, when children first start realising, you know, what gender means and that there's really interesting programmes that have been on TV where they, like, watch children interacting. And um, I think it's about, yeah, age seven when boys are like, no, girls can't do that and stuff yeah. like that. So from age seven, you start realising that this isn't working out, like, all the TV and films and everyone told me it would and then you've just sort of got to find your own way and I think for a long time you're still trying to live up to that ideal even when you're older like I hope I'm older and cleverer now but in some ways I'm still trying to live up to some sort of random ideal Mm -hmm. that I've kind of that I've got via osmosis from all this media and people telling me stuff and and but also I'm I'm holding on to that because it's hard to let go. Yeah. And, and you know, when I got divorced and was getting divorced, I was like, oh, feeling all this shame around the end of a marriage. Mm-hmm. And it was very hard for me to let go of that, even though my friends and the people around me and everyone I'm speaking to on the divorce club is like, you shouldn't feel shame. Like, you're, you do what's good for you. Mm-hmm. It is hard for you to let go of some of that stuff. But I feel like I have let go mostly yeah. of the shame around getting divorced now. And I'm so much happy for it. So yeah. just let go. Yeah, I get that. I had, when my long-term relationship ended, and it was like seven years, I felt the uh, shame was the overriding feeling above everything else and I was like where does this come from what on earth like why do I feel shame I'm like I didn't like the relationship broke down a lot of horrible stuff happened to me that person did why the why the fuck am I ashamed but I did have real shame it's like I didn't want anyone to know because it was like it felt like I'm I was a woman in my mid-30s with no children after this long-term relationship that some some part that was my failure and like you were saying it's what you just get like for by, by osmosis because no one else is putting that on you we just kind of we absorbed it from somewhere and it's then it's like something happens and for some reason it's activated and it's like go away <laughs> is there anything I can think to say it's like go away this feeling yeah I mean it's hard I think there's also something about history and the historical role of women or people who identify as women that we've sort of take there's like the weight of history on our shoulders as well and even though we know that you know women got the right to vote and there's an equal pay act um whether there's actual equal pay is another thing um but you know we are making strides forward but you sort of feel the weight of that on your shoulders and like oh I have to be I sort of have to be a woman 
like the women before we got the right to vote, but now I can also vote. So I have to be this other sort of woman. So I think letting go of it is hard. It's hard to do individually because we sort of need to, it's like we we all need to get together en masse and just do like a deep breath in and then on the breath out just let it all go together and that would be really so yeah I think it's it's a process I think sometimes going through something really hard like divorce can be or or also my dad died at the same time as you know just before I got divorced and I think sometimes it takes a big event in your life for you to reevaluate what you're doing and also think life's too short for me Absolutely. to be putting all these expectations on myself. Mm. Um, and and actually, I just want to be happy. I always used to say, like, when I was sad or crying, um, I just want to have a nice time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I feel like that is the mantra now for my life. Like, yeah. I just want to have a nice time. And, and so whatever that means, I'm going to do it. So, you know, if if today having a nice time means lying on the sofa all day in my pajamas watching films then I'm gonna do that you know obviously I I'm come from a privileged place of you know I work from home and I can work out my own schedule and I don't have to go into a you know a job every day um but I'm yeah I'm trying to do what makes me happy mm-hmm. and and it's a constant process like I keep meaning to remind myself like the other day I like took the afternoon off um because I worked during the weekend so on Monday I was like right I'm gonna take the afternoon off because I worked a weekend but I still felt guilty even though I was like working during the week and I had to constantly remind myself throughout the afternoon that like no you don't have to check your emails you're allowed to take the afternoon off like you just I can just do whatever I want I don't have to be productive yes um so I think it's just these like getting a little mantra of your head like I'm allowed to do this this is okay I'm in charge of me absolutely and what you were saying about I just want to have a nice time I used to do the same thing but I was kind of like I just don't want it to be so difficult. I just want to be having a good time. <laughs> I don't want to sit here crying. I want to have fun. So yeah, I get that. And it's actually, it was a way, way more positive because after a while it's like, no, I want to have fun. It's like to kind of retrain myself. So I'm glad I didn't say something that was, I don't know, more bleak and upsetting. That felt like a better thing to be crying while saying. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when, because when I cry alone, sometimes I then like talk to myself about it. because it's like I need to just get it out and like you know if you're not with a friend or you can't call someone I just talk out loud to myself so I always used to say just out loud crying I just want to have a nice time also I think it's it it, it sort of sounds a bit pathetic so I don't want I didn't want to say it to someone else but I'd say it to myself like this is just what I want yeah and I think that's what we all want especially as women we do we do enough we do enough and we're told enough things and even including things like body image like what what should a woman look like it's it's like what is the thing what's presented to us versus real life is such a uh it's such a a difficult one and I I mean we're well I'm older than you we're similar-ish ages so we've seen I suppose the evolution of like what magazines and how the internet has changed kind of the body perception because when I was younger it was like what in the 90s 
lots of wafy kind of models, which that's fair enough, that's their body type, but then that was the only thing that was presented to us. And everybody looked a really specific way, whereas now there's definitely slight, slightly more, not loads, slightly more body diversity. So like, what have you learned? Or what did you learn when you were younger about what a woman should look like compared to what you know now? I have learned. I don't know. I, I think body image is such a hard one. And it's one of, I think it's one of the, the biggest and possibly most constant ones that kind of stays with you throughout your life. Mm -hmm. um, because we have been taught that we need to be, I think everyone, no matter their shape or a lot of, the, a lot of shapes, actually, I don't want to say everyone, a lot of people feel like they have to be thinner. Mm -hmm. um, and but the range of those people, the, the range of body shapes of those people is huge, you yes. know, but they all feel like they need to be thinner. Yeah. So I, I would look at someone else and be like, oh, I want to be the same size as them. And they would still want to be thinner yeah. or, you know, a smaller bum or bigger boobs. Or we kind of taught that like Jessica Rabbit which is a cartoon, yeah. <laughs> not a real human, is like you're meant to have big boobs, especially at the moment, you're meant to have big boobs, you're meant to have a big bum, but you have to have a tiny waist, like no double chin, um, you know, really thin arms, but not too muscly arms, mm -hmm. and just slender, you know, all of those things. And it's like you can't win. And then you look at like Renaissance paintings yeah. of women with completely different body shapes and you look at art through the ages and how kind of body shapes change and are celebrated and then you compare that to kind of magazines from yeah especially when I was growing up and it's so so different so I think for me body image and loving your body is still very much a process like I still I go through times where I'm like feel so comfortable in my skin and you know, I put on weight during lockdown, but I felt fine about it. And yeah. I was kind of, you know, enjoying eating nice things and, you know, buying flowy clothes. And I didn't feel um, ashamed of, you know, a weight gain in that way. But then more recently, the world is opening up and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm going to see people that I haven't seen for two years. And they're going to be like, oh, she's put on weight. And then I think, why is that? Why is that a problem yeah. for them to think that? So it is a constant, it's a constant reminder and and checking myself, I think, as well, of like my friends hopefully want to see me because they like me as a human. Yeah, they're so, not they're not there to check out your ass. No, yeah, like <laughs> Hopefully they're going to be like, oh, it's so nice to see you when they first see me. And they're not yeah. going to be like, oh, you've put on weight. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but that's that's in my head. And so that's my thing. So I think it's really hard. But what's so brilliant about social media? And I know there are a lot of problems with social media, especially being a woman on social media and the trolling is ridiculous. But what's great is that we're now, especially on Instagram, you know, we're now seeing people sharing images of themselves and loving themselves you know like Lizzo loving themselves and showing themselves off and bringing that confidence and being of all different body types and you know and and sharing that love and other people connecting through that and I think that's great because 
um, especially me as, you know, a curvier gal, it makes me feel more seen and like, oh, there are other people with similar body shapes to me and they love themselves. And so that's like kind of inspiration for me to to love myself and my body, which I do on the north. I think yes it's it's it's, I don't I don't don't know many people that do consistently there is like now because also hormonal changes that hormonal changes will change your mood so it will change what you think about yourself hormonal changes will change your body and how much water you're retaining so it will change what you think about yourself plus all these different messages and it's definitely great when you start to see body shapes like yours and you know you're talking about there's that body shape of the small waist big boobs big big bum and this is not being braggadocious that's been my body type since I was younger when it wasn't a thing and everyone took the piss out of me constantly so it just shows how much it changes because I was always had a really I'm very short I am five foot one and it's just having a like a quite a bubble butt and then really big boobs from really young which in its which is disturbing in itself because what that does with older men running in a school uniform yikes so that is a whole separate conversation (laughs) but then that and constantly hiding myself because of that until like until people started fetishizing j-lo and obviously there's different issues in that as well because it was fetishizing what is naturally could be like a, a black woman's shape but on a person who was white passing so that had its own issues but then it brought my like my body type into something into the mainstream but then I don't have the kind of the whole slender arm things I've got giant shoulders and my arms are big but they're big because they're strong because I lift weights and, and stuff like that so it's kind of it's always uh, it's the, yeah there's always so many so many different messages and things going on and what I love at the moment that I'm seeing is more like more body types presented to me and just it's just there and it's just normal and then people loving themselves not even loving necessarily because loving still feels like such a high bar accepting themselves and kind of getting on with it and I love that even in with fashion as well it was hard to find clothes that fit me I couldn't so again with the whole baggy jumpers hiding away everything else I always felt self-conscious and then seeing people of your body type dress like you and you're like oh I could wear that because it looks great on them, so it looked great on me. And I think that's just also, not that every fashion is a be all and end all, but you know, what we wear does do a lot with how we feel and our confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, and, and I love fashion and clothes and there are some great like videos during the rounds on like Instagram of two friends of very different body shapes. Oh, yes, I so saw one this. Is, yeah. yeah, so one's yeah. like a size eight and I think one's like a 16 or 18. And yeah. then they put on the same outfit. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, they both look amazing. They look this is so, so cool. hot. Oh my yeah. God, don't they? <gasps> yeah, there's another one with um, three girls that do that as well. And it's like one's size, size 24, one is size 16 to 18, and then the other one's a size eight. And just every time I'm just, they all look so fit. <laughs> they look so hot and it's so nice to see because you're like yeah oh oh I can yeah I can wear a dress like that or like yeah. you know those those shops that I used to think there's shops that don't cater for my big boobs mm-hmm. or my big hips and actually that I mean there still are some but mm-hmm. also I don't know if it was my idea of oh I can't wear that because I've got big hips you know, or, um, and I, I had, 
you know, fairly big boobs growing up as well. And I remember I always used to hide them. So whenever I sort of got them out is the wrong phrase. Yeah. But like whenever I wore a top where you could see some boob, people used to be shocked by how yeah. big they are because I'd always hidden them. Yeah. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, I love my boobs. Yes, same. Absolutely. It's like a lot of clothes I wear are see-through so you can see my bras. because I've got a nice lingerie. Why am I hiding it? This is not made to be worn yeah. under things. This is made to be worn out. But yeah, I was like that as well. Literally just no one would know until you wore something different. They'd be like, I had no idea. And it's like, but also you didn't need to. Have yeah. Idea as well. I think that's something we need to kind of like stop putting any expectations on what we want to see or what we should see of people. But yeah, but it's such a, I think the, it's interesting to see what will happen to the younger generations when it comes to things like how to be a woman, what body type you should have, and if there'll be, I don't know, more acceptance and people just wandering around being themselves. I really hope that's the case because, I mean, yeah, I just hope so. Well, I feel like the younger generation are much more clued up than us. And also I'm loving the kind of acceptance of gender fluidity that's yes. happening. So yes. I wonder if, you know, the idea of woman will be sort of stretched much further, which is amazing. So you can just be you know you can be Mm non-binary and so not identify with women at all or you can be non-binary and sometimes identify as woman and sometimes identify as man and sometimes identify as just you yeah um and I think that idea is is actually really exciting because it means that you get to hopefully drop some of the history that's associated with with kind of gender and and these words like woman and man yeah absolutely I mean um, they will just get to wake up and just be oh that's amazing I know I hope hope so and I hope reincarnation is true because I want to have a go um (laughs) I want to live in that world so what do you wish you were told about being a woman when you were younger oh I don't know I had quite a feminist um upbringing my mum's a sort of strong woman she's always um been the main earner in my family um and you know worked full-time and and kind of high-flying job Mm -hmm. so I was very lucky in that that I had like a role model for women in the workplace that you know I didn't think I didn't see there being boundaries to me being really successful at my job Mm -hmm. I think just I I wish I'd been told to celebrate me Mm -hmm. more as a woman and that I don't have to be a type of person and I don't have to squish certain parts of my personality to be a woman in inverted commas. I can just be me and I am a woman. So those things will work kind of alongside one another. Um, Because I went to an all girls school which was brilliant in so many ways, but was also difficult because I was surrounded by so many women and it was a very academic school. So we were all sort of taught to be just very focused academic people who sort of don't have fun yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, um, an academic in the way that like writing essays is more important than knowing a lot about art and being an incredible artist or um 
And I mean, I don't want to do disservice to my school because I did have a brilliant time there. And I, you know, I studied drama and they were very supportive. But yeah, I think I think just dropping all those ideas and just celebrating you and what you and what you bring to the term woman. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And was there like a key moment? when you feel like like you I know you, you said you're still working yourself out we all are the journey of working yourself out never ends but was there a key moment when you kind of were like you you started to work yourself out and maybe were like yeah okay this is what it is this is who I am away from stereotypes etc like what's what was that key moment for you I don't know I think there have been a few mm-hmm. I think I think getting divorced was one of them mm-hmm. um, because I was I was literally moving away from the idea of you know marriage, house, two children, um, and also that had always been a sort of goal of mine without me thinking of it as a goal. Yeah, you know when you like they're like write your goals for the next five years. I didn't write marriage and kids but I'd always thought well obviously that's going to happen for me yeah um so getting divorced was so freeing because I was like oh right well I've, I've done that now so now I can do whatever I want and and also you know I didn't have children in my marriage and now being in my mid-30s without children and and there was a bit of shame around that initially of oh should I should I be having children? Should I be worrying about that? Should I be freezing my eggs? And actually at the moment thinking right now, I don't want children and I'm happy the way I am. And so I think the kind of divorce fueled a lot of that, but also um, I have to say this, this podcast is the first time I've said I'm bisexual. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've said a lot kind of in passing, Oh, I like men and women. Yeah. I think recently I had a bit of, this is so funny, I was watching Mae Martin's um, TV show, which is so brilliant, feel good, you should definitely check it out, and um, and Mae is having a relationship with a girl who's always considered herself straight, and so she's kind of trying to work out her sexuality, and it just made me, I don't know, it just made me think, I'm, I'm bisexual, like, because I can see the struggle in her and I went through that but I was always scared of saying the term or saying I'm queer or you know any of those phrases so I always just said oh I like men and women in a sort of like kind of like like, throw it away yeah yeah um and so and also on the um on the census you know that you had to fill out I ticked bisexual without realizing you know I sort of did it and then in my head I was like oh Oh, okay. That's okay that's good yeah yeah so so also I think you know and I'm in my mid-30s yeah you know saying that but which feels oh, I, again I feel like I should have worked this out sooner but but so, you know you live and you learn it's like you're, you're saying it's all a process why would you have worked it out sooner if life didn't give you the structure to work or the, all the circumstances to wipe out yeah and and you know I was with a man for 10 years yeah why would um, you, yeah think differently. so I wasn't kind of exploring that side of me because yeah. I was with him so um so I think that was a really nice moment again of like helping me 
just yeah celebrate me and be like this is me okay yeah. cool I love that yay <laughs> that's brilliant <laughs> like you're saying it does it just happens all it happens all the time and there can be so many moments as well and it's like that you've mentioned before when difficult things happen how much it can focus you and how much it can change things and I've even I've had several moments of like just kind of almost like absolutely nailing down really specific parts of who I am out of these kind of different tragedies and these different pivotal moments and yeah and it's like oh yeah no this is yeah oh yeah this is who I am oh yeah cool that, and you just kind of just register it as that's part of who you are and then you just move on but move on kind of more freely and like you were saying there's a part of you that wishes you worked out sooner but that's just not how life works is it it's just, yeah yeah it happens when it happens um, and also there's something in just sometimes it's scary to say like I am divorced I am yeah. queer you know whatever your I am is mm. um, and like with my hearing aid I am disabled and for a long time I was sort of like oh no well I'm not really disabled because obviously you know there's people who um, have so many more kind of accessibility issues than me so I can't say that I'm disabled mm. and actually you know getting my hearing aid talking to other people in the deaf community you know, working with um, RNID, who I'm an ambassador for, and also, weirdly, getting a disabled person's rail card, which you're allowed to do if you have a hearing aid and if you're deaf. Yeah. It kind of went, it made me go, oh, okay, well, if, if you know, the train company says, then I'm allowed to say that yeah. I'm disabled. And so sometimes you're sort of working that out in your head for so long and actually just saying the words, it's such a really you're scared to do it and then you say it and you're like oh my god yeah of course great and it's like you're taking a big yeah sigh so yeah. it's nice nice oh I'm so, I'm so yeah I'm glad that these moments have happened for you uh because yeah like we can gosh we can just go forward and enjoy life more I think with every realization you can enjoy my life more because we just want what we what do we both want we just want to enjoy us have a nice time I just want to have a nice time exactly and now we're like have a, have a nice time in, in our own houses just crying saying I just want to have a nice time <laughs> I just want to have a nice time as a divorced bisexual disabled person <laughs> love it so um so we've talked about those kind of those key moments and there's like that little parts of us that wish that we knew things when we were younger. What do you think stereotypes of what a girl and a woman is does to like self-esteem of girls and women? I think we we call women girls for too long mm -hmm. to begin with. And I think that sort of makes you feel smaller and, you know, more childlike, like, you know, we don't know about the world fully yet because we're still a girl and, you know, like we haven't learned and we haven't grown up and all of those things. So you don't feel, if you're called a girl, you don't feel like a properly responsible, capable adult. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of just like, oh, girls can't do that, which is thrown around in the playground and, mm -hmm. and even by like older generations. You know, I remember people who have passed away now but in my family saying sort of things like oh girls don't do that mm -hmm. um and even when you're playing you know and the and some little boys might be playing in the mud but you're as a girl taught to not get dirty yeah because 
girls don't play in the mud. Um, and I think that's um, that's dropping away a bit now and, and lots of parents are kind of parenting in a gender neutral way, mm. which is great. But I think even those little things stick with you. And actually, my friend Abigail Tartillin wrote a brilliant book. It's an adult's book called Dead Girls. And it's a fictional book, but it's about all the things that we tell little girls like don't go out late at night. It's dangerous. Don't wear that short skirt because it'll attract attention. So we're putting all the responsibility on young women and young girls Mm -hmm. to stop all this negative attention rather than putting the responsibility on the people, you know, doing the bad stuff, which is ridiculous. And then, and the book sort of takes it to the extreme of what this woman, um, I think she actually is a little girl, ends up doing because of all the things she's been told. Um, and it's just, it's a thriller and it, it's it's a great read, but it just really was st- stuck with me as well of being like, wow, you know, I have, I've been told all of those things. Mm-hmm. I've been told, don't wear that low cut top, don't wear that short skirt because you'll get too much attention and don't go out at night and don't walk in this area because you know it's it's bad for women alone walking in this area and and you know all those things that people who are born male and brought up male don't think about yeah you know and there was this whole discussion recently on twitter which was so interesting of like of women saying you know they wouldn't go out for a walk or a run when it's dark Mm -hmm. and loads of men being like oh wow I didn't even think of that like I love running in the dark I didn't even think that you'd not go out in the dark and and so I think there are lots of those sort of things that we unconsciously put on girls and women that are damaging but we sort of need to change the whole approach to those things. You know, we need to educate little boys and men as well as educating little girls and and women and also educate them all together. Yeah, absolutely. I like the point that you made as well about the girls and women and kind of women are called girls for too long. But at the same time, we also have so much responsibility way much more responsibility than boys and men put into positions of taking control of and like you're saying again the word responsibility for all these things but then men are held up as leaders even though we have way more responsibility and have more to do and I think that people us being like you're saying Ray kind of educated together men women boys girls being educated together about things and in that gender neutral way which is something that a lot of people are kind of scared of and when people say like a celebrity says I'm going to raise my child gender neutral it's like there's a collective eye roll from people that don't understand what that means and it's like yeah of course all children should be like raised gender neutral just to not internalize the nonsense to do stereotypical nonsense to do with our to do with our assigned genders and our born genders. Yeah, that's it. I think yeah. people view it as like an arty farty thing that mm. like Gwyneth Paltrow does just after she's steamed her vagina. Yeah, and actually, it's literally just like the child can play with whatever toy they want. It doesn't yeah. have to be a doll if they're a girl or a robot mm-hmm. if they're a boy, and they can wear clothes that aren't pink or blue. 
They can yeah. be any color and they can have dinosaurs on them or they can have Barbies on them or, you know, but like whatever they're attracted to. And I think, I think it's actually, I mean, I don't, I don't have children, so I don't want to be like, it's an easier way to parent because I have no idea, but hopefully it's a more, um, I don't know, collaborative, like with your child way to parent, because you're just like, what top do you want me to buy you? And then they can, you know, point at the top and it's not like you have to get a pink one that says I'm daddy's little sweetheart, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And also it means if you have multiple children, they can just all share clothes. Yeah, Um, absolutely. And I think as well, if it it carries on and like in school and everything else, because there's always going to be like there are things that definitely like my nieces learned from school that never came from home about that things that are kind of again some of the gender stereotypes they've learned because you're going to learn that because not everyone it's not gonna be a blanket one size fits all approach for every single person in the country like from January the 1st everyone raises their child gender neutral we know it's not going to happen like that but it's one of the things that would be great about it is shutting down that empathy gap as well because of the way that girls are taught to be caring and boys aren't taught to be caring not that they're not not they don't have the capacity they're just not programmed to do it in the same way it gets when they get to like a being preteen an empathy gap appears and it continues to grow and this is when we're older and we get into not all men territory (laughs) as well so it would be definitely make the world a better place if everyone understood it more wouldn't it what do you think when it comes to the whole how to be a woman well I'll get this as an active example so I was on uh, Facebook uh, recently and there was a picture of Kendall Jenner in a red bikini and there was a picture of I cannot remember her name but she is a young girl that like wants to aspires to work at NASA um you know the space agency and there was like they had this comparative picture which again comparison like fucks me right off anyway they had this picture of both of them side by side and it's like why are we celebrating this talentless gender jenna kardashian over this girl who wants to go to space and then then it became this thing of then people are missing the point so much they're then just bashing one woman over the other and it's annoying and then people kind of then round um like the kardashians and everything else like they agents of the patriarchy and that kind of stuff what do you think when people kind of like kind of draw these comparisons call some people agents of the patriarchy and how that kind of feeds back into how to be a woman I think women bashing is never good Mm -hmm. although there are some very problematic people out there and problematic women out there Mm. um I don't agree with the Kardashians, you know, promoting all the diet lollies and all of those things that they do. But they have made a success of themselves in their own right. They have, biz- they are business people yeah. um, and they have a strong business model. So good on them for that. Mm. Um, someone training to go to NASA, good on them for that. I feel like they're two sort of separate things. I think the the issue there is that they're, they're comparing celebrity yeah to like heroism Mm -hmm. you know like we view people who kind of go into space and do things for the good of the human race as those kind of that kind of hero of like wow that's so amazing what they've done um and we don't view celebrities as heroes which is fine 
but that's you know I do think that's two separate things like I'm sure the Kardashians would agree that they're probably never going to want to train be an astronaut and that and that's fine I think I think bashing people for their looks is always wrong Mm -hmm. if you disagree with their opinion then disagree with it or something that they've done then disagree with it in a you know critical way I think a lot of time people are like oh if you're a feminist you can't say anything bad about any other woman or or identifying woman ever and that's obviously not true because there's you know there's lots of different kinds of people in the world and not all of them you know you're going to agree with them some of them are going to be the same gender as you so um but I think it's just doing it in a respectful way absolutely yeah I think it's such an interesting one because when I did see it I saw a few people I know post it not people that are hardcore friends because I feel like the people I know the people that I know would understand that that was a stupid post like I can say that post was fucking stupid because it's like here are two people who do completely different things it's like apples and oranges but also we can like both of them or we can like one of them or none of them it doesn't actually matter but when people start to it's particularly men oh that the men loved it they were straight in there telling women how to be women and it's like if you want respect that I respect her over her I don't see why we would respect her I don't see and it's like that I don't know stop quantifying respect why is where is this where is this like this metric come from about how much what we should do as women for you to respect us why can't we just be but also I always think it's a really dangerous precedent when men particularly start to quantify what it takes to be worthy of respect as a woman because it makes me think well what would you do to people you don't respect that just makes you a dangerous man it was that there's something about that that always gives me a bit of the ick like I don't know if that does yeah. to you I just feel like you should respect all women and all people like yes. regardless of regardless you know like Katie Hopkins mm-hmm. I don't like most of what she says mm-hmm. but I still respect her as a human being so yeah. I wouldn't like wish ill on her no, no. and I think and I think that's that's sort of the basic isn't it and I think actually what that article was about is rather than comparing two women it was that comparison was saying why do we celebrate people why do we only celebrate like you know act actors and um people in the media and people who are perceived as beautiful mm-hmm. and why don't we also celebrate people who are doing incredible things like yeah. you know going in space going in space <laughs> yeah um and I th- but I think there's room for both of those things I don't yeah. think we need to eradicate one exactly that's exactly what I thought I was like all of these things can be true at once when it gets to these things we kind of forget about the we for- I don't know we forget about the complexity and the nuances and and also forget about compassion as well and it's just like yeah we can like all of these things everyone could do all these things for all we know the person that works at NASA may also want to take pictures of the bikini it wouldn't change anything it's like you know yeah it was an interesting one it was particularly interesting because the woman that worked at us a woman she was like I don't know she's a little bit younger than Kendall she was also stunning kind of just she was generically ridiculously good looking and I was like I can't help thinking that if she wasn't this generically good looking in air quotes I don't know how many people would have posted this or would have had something to say about it so that I mean because that says a lot about 
how we receive what people look like and how we celebrate them as well but um yeah and also earlier I said I'm sure the Kardashians would agree that they don't want to go into space but actually that was me stereotyping them yeah so maybe maybe they do I don't know yeah I mean Kim wants to be a lawyer Courtney could definitely want to be an astronaut we don't know yeah we haven't asked that we need to ask that question um like to wrap up what are some stupid things people feel that they can say to women about how to be a woman that we need to throw in the sea like where (laughs) what can we just eradicate now like how can we move forward smile Mm -hmm. cheer up love Mm -hmm. hate it why i'm angry today i'm gonna be angry Mm. um I think someone once said that to me when I was angry and I went, no, I'm angry and carried on walking, <laughs> like just in the street. Um, oh God, there's so many things. <laughs> Telling us how to dress, mm-hmm. it's, none of your, it's none of your business. Mm-hmm. Telling us that things aren't very ladylike. Oh, yep. I hate that. I hate that, yeah. It's like, what does ladylike mean? Mm-hmm. Do you know that's the also ladies are like a historical term for women who are like married to lords lords and ladies so what to be more ladylike do I just need to marry a lord yeah um like a you know a peer of the house of Commons. like what that's just a ridiculous outdated phrase the idea that that women have to be delicate or elegant or um gentle or caring you know just any comment that tells us what we need to be yeah. needs to be thrown in the sea because no one else gets an opinion on what you need to be. Only you get an opinion of, and it's what you are and what you're striving for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all of that outdated idea of um, women and ladylike and girls and girls can't throw and girls can't run and um girls can't get in fights physical fights with boys in the mud you know and 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 all, and all of that boys won't like you if mm, ugh, yeah and you know oh he hit you because he likes you such damaging messages mm-hmm. that we you know say to to children in school and also damaging messages that you don't even realize are damaging until you actually think about it because you've just picked it up from you know your own upbringing absolutely I couldn't agree more and really when it comes to how to be a woman just be is maybe the thing isn't it just be and just ignore everything else yeah Yeah. Hmm. just have a nice time yes (laughs) absolutely (laughs) well thank you so so much for joining me today samantha where would you like to be found online where can we find out more about you where can we buy your book and how long till your next book is published because i'm excited um so you can find me on instagram and twitter at samantha baines b-a-i-n-e-s also have a website samanthabaines.com my book harriet versus the galaxy about a little girl with a hearing aid just like me whose hearing aid translates alien languages and she protects the earth with her gran uh, is available in all good bookshops just to won an award actually yay oh my god yes. yeah yes so i'm an so award-winning awesome. author oh my so god 
sounds yeah. proper um so yeah it's available in all good bookshops but if you go to bookshop.org that supports independent bookshops so I love that one and then my new book the night the moon went out mm-hmm. about a deaf little girl who's scared of the dark because the dark's even scarier when you can't hear stuff as well as can't see stuff because it's dark um she goes on a journey to turn the moon back on with the help of a talking owl sure and um, that is out in august the middle of august and you can pre-order it again on bookshop.org just search for my name or the title of the book Brilliant. and my podcast yes my podcast is called the divorce club and it's available on all your podcasting platforms amazing and don't you do that kind of the ranting um kind of section as well where people can kind of turn up and vent not rant i should say they have like a venting session yeah so um via our patreon for the podcast we have like a divorce chat room like 90s msn style where everyone can share their experiences and ask questions and then off the back of that we started divorce venting sessions so it's like a zoom and we do it like every month um and it's like pay what you want so if people you know for whatever reason divorce is expensive people can just come for free if they need if they want to and yeah we all just have a little vent not a substitute for professional counseling yeah but a nice place to just get everything out. Love it, love it. Thank you so much. You have brightened up my day just for a change and I hope you and Custard have a glorious day. Me too, I hope she doesn't feel anywhere. you for listening to speak on make sure you like subscribe and share with your friends family co-workers strangers in the street to find out more about us including our upcoming events head over to instagram instagram.com forward slash speak on underscore bye